Amen. Amen. Well, church at home, I'm going to ask you to uh, grab your Bibles or click there on your phone or your tablet. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 126. Uh, Psalm 126 this morning, so I'm going to ask you to do that. And guys, we're, we're doing this series called Ascend, the Psalms of Ascent, right? I'm a little out of breath uh, behind the scenes, just in case you know, my mic went dead and I was running to get new batteries, but it's great, we're good. Uh, so here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Turn to Psalm 126, and, and here's why we're studying these psalms, right? These are songs that historically have been sung, sung by the people of God, and when they felt far away from God, they, they'd sing them as they made these journeys back to Jerusalem for the great festivals. And we've just kind of said, hey, like, that's where we are in life, right? Sometimes we feel that, and we, we've sensed that. Some of you at home, you've been feeling like, man, I just can't wait to be in the church again. And so and what we're going to do this morning is, is we're going to study uh, these, these songs. And here's what I love about this whole series, really, is because what we're doing is we're looking at the Old Testament, and we're going, how do, how do these songs apply? To, how, how do they apply to me? Why should I still sing this stuff? And man, this morning, boy, do we have a lot of that for you. And it's really, really good stuff. And so uh, join me in a word of prayer if you don't mind. Father God, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for your word. Pray right now uh, that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and teach us from the inside out. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and take your proper place in our church. You're our teacher. You're our guide, not me. And so Holy Spirit, come and lift up Jesus that we might see him clearly and that we might want him more than anything else this world has to offer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, here we are, Psalm 126, uh, reading from the CSB. It says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Our mouths were filled with laughter then, and our, our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We were joyful. Then there's a change here from three to four. Restore our fortunes, Lord. Like water courses in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Though one goes along weeping, carrying the bag of seed, he will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying his sheaves. Four things I want to share with you quickly uh, as we study this text. And again, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to take this song that was sung by the people of God way back when, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about why we should be singing it now. And so here's the first thing I want you to understand this morning, guys, is that in Christ, we have been restored. In Christ, we have been restored. This is a psalm of restoration. That, that's the theme, is the people of God have been restored. Now, most scholars think that this was written, and that it was written uh, on the return from exile, from, from Babylon. And, and so the people of God, um, out of disobedience, right, had been conquered, they'd been taken captive, and the Lord said, you're going to be captive in Babylon for 70 years. Now, now listen, they knew that, that, that timetable. They were aware of that. Uh, Jeremiah said it was going to be 70 years. And so the people of God knew what was coming. They knew that God was going to restore them. But, but let's look at verse 1 and 2. Look, look at their attitude when God restores them. It, it's like they can't believe it. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Our mouths were filled with laughter and, and, and our tongues with shouts of joy. And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And, and so I just want you to see, it's like they knew what was coming. They knew what God had said. But then when they experienced it, man, it was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming. And so, so, so they, they began to laugh and, and, and shout with joy. It says even the nations, even the surrounding peoples saw what God had done. Guys, isn't that our story in Christ, right? I mean, we, we kind of knew and, and, and we 
heard that God loves us. We've heard that God sent His Son Jesus to die for us. We heard that if we believe in Him, we become children of God. Right? We, we've heard those things. We, we've heard Jesus say things like, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we kind of hear the thing of God. But, but suddenly, when it moves from hearing to experience, everything changes. It's like, it's like you knew what God was saying, but then when you become a child of God, when you finally believe in Jesus and your sins are forgiven and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you, it, it's, it's this great sense of laughter and joy and oh my gosh, this is great. It's like the, the Bible has proclaimed this is good news, but until you receive it, it's not good news for you yet. And when you experience that good news, it is amazing. And listen, just like the nations took notice of Israel, so the, the people that surround you will take note that God has done something for you, that you have been restored, you've become His child. And so I just want you to know this is our story in Christ, that all of the Old Testament points to what Jesus is going to do in the New Testament. And so when we read these stories about, about captivity, what did Jesus say? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Right? He, he walks into Capernaum, and, and, he, and he reads from the scroll of Isaiah, and, and, and he says, listen, I've come to set the captives free today in your presence. This has been fulfilled and so this is our story and so the first thing we start with guys is in Christ we have been restored second thing I want you to see though is though we've been restored everything's not right right though we have been restored everything is not right so there's a huge shift in the psalm from verse 3 to verse 4 and so verse 1 through 3 is all about rejoicing all about what God has done but then uh, the, the whole language shifts it's no longer past tense now it's present tense and so it's look at what God has done but now it's oh God we need you to do something else and so so I, I want to show that to you uh, Psalm 126 the first half of verse 4 I'll put on your screen there restore our fortunes Lord Right? Restore our fortunes, Lord. Now this is tough for us to, to think through, but here it is, the nation of Israel, they have returned from captivity. God said He was going to do it, then God really doesn't. Uh, Seventy years in Babylon, now they're back, and, and, and they're in the city, and you would think everything's great, and so they've laughed and they've rejoiced. I can imagine the journey home, just laughter and singing and praising God. But when they arrive home, they begin to realize some things. Uh, number one, they realize that many of their loved ones are still back in Babylon. That they're still in captivity. Number two, they realize that their city is in ruin and the walls are destroyed. In other words, that their life is a mess. And you know what? Some of us as Christians, we, we, we heard this gospel that said, man, if we'll just accept Jesus, everything's going to be great. And, and we do receive Jesus and suddenly we look around and, and the joy and the laughter begins to fade because we realize that we have family members that are still in captivity to sin. And then we look at our lives and, and we see that, that, that kind of we're still surrounded by mass. So we're a new creation, but we're surrounded by the old things. And we began to wane and to wonder. And, and that's what's going on with the nation of Israel. They, they get back and they realize, you know what, everything isn't great. Everything's not great. And so I want you to know that, listen, in Christ we've been restored. But even though we've been restored, we've become children of God, new creations, we still have to deal with a lot of hurt and a lot of pain in this world. And so everything is not right yet. Which brings me to the third point, guys. Is that a better future restoration is coming when all will be made right. A better future restoration is coming when all will be made right. And so what we have in verse 4 is a prayer. 
Uh, this is faith in action. And so the people of God who have been restored by God now believe that God is going to do further restoration. So they come before God and they ask God, God, restore to us our fortunes. But they don't stop there. Look at the second half of verse 4. It's on your screen. Restore our for- fortunes, Lord, like what? Like, like water courses in the Negev. Like water courses in the Negev. And we've talked about this the last few weeks. That this is an, an arid location. But man, uh, when the waters in, in, in the Negev uh, when the yearly rains would come, that arid dry place would, would become a place that was flourishing with life, right? The, literally, the, the, the water courses in the Negev talked about life, and, 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 and often we, we talk about the flooding and the power of the water. We just studied that in the Psalms, right? It, it had the power to sweep away roads and to break down bridges. And, and you kind of think about all of the strongholds uh, that, that there are in life, and, and you think about the, the truth that God's promises that, that He has the power to break every stronghold, that, that He has the power to take dead things and to make them alive, to take dry bones and, and, and put uh, Literally, to put breath in their lungs and to bring them to life. And listen, uh, the Bible promises that God is not done with His restoration. See, sometimes, friends, we, we feel that way. We kind of think, is this all there is to it? So I know Christ. I know that one day I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in heaven. I'm going to be with Him. And I'm so thankful that He has paid uh, and atoned for my sins. But, but then we look around and we go, wait a second. I've still got family members that are captive to sin and captive to death. And we look at our lives and we go, man, it's still in shambles. And, and I don't even have all my walls up. And, and, and right, my, 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 my city, my life is kind of uh, in, in ruins. And, and we just wonder, like, like, is there anything else to do? And that kind of brings me to... To the last point, and, and of course the answer is yes, there's something to do. Uh, point number four, for now, we're called to faithfully sow in tears as we trust God for a future harvest. For now, we must faithfully sow in tears as we trust God for a future harvest. So the question is this, what do we do? What do we do when we have been restored, when we've been made new creatures, when we've come out of captivity to sin and death, but we realize we still have loved ones that are stuck in captivity, and, and, and we, we look at our own lives, and, and it's kind of a mess. What, what do we do when we come back and everything's not it's cracked up as it's cracked up to be? Do we give up? Worse yet, do we, do we go back? I know a lot of Christians, they fall in this third camp. Do we wait? We just wait upon the Lord. That's, that's really uh, pretty common. I know a lot of believers say, well, I'm, I'm just waiting on the Lord to move. And, and listen, the Lord is, is going to move, but He's given us a responsibility, something to do in, in the meantime, right? We have something we are called to do. And so in verse 6, uh, this is what it talks about. It says, though one goes along weeping, carrying a bag of seed, he will surely come back with shouts of joy carrying his sheaves. And, and so that speaks of, of, of some task that we are supposed to do that involves seed and, and spreading the seed, right? And Jesus would tell a parable about this, that there's, there's a sower that goes out. He would talk about harvest often as he, he shared the gospel. Uh, and, and he would say, listen, we've got to have more workers, We've got to have more workers. And, and so he, he tells his disciples uh, as he's about to go into heaven, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, I say to you, go and make disciples. 
right? In Acts 1.8, he, he says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power, and here's what you're supposed to do with it, to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We're, we're instructed to spur one another on to, to love and, and good deeds. And, and, and we think about all these things and kind of the picture of what the believer is called to do until ultimate restoration comes kind of looks like this. I think Paul sums it up really well in 1 Corinthians 3, 6-8. through 8. He says, I, I planted Apollos water. But God gave the growth. Then, so, so then neither the one who planted nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And so, what do we do? Do we do nothing? Of course not. That, that, that's, that's part of our mission. That's part of our mandate around here. Right? We're called to, 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 to help people, right? We're going to see entire families transformed by the gospel, teaching them to, to love God, to love people, and, and to what? To do something. To do something. To put their faith into action. That thing we're called to do, guys, is we're called to go out and sow. We're called to go out and make disciples. We're called to go out and, and be witnesses. We're called to go out and be the, the light of the world. That's what we're called to do. So we have something to do, right? So we've been restored by God. We have to understand everything's not right. But a time is coming when it will be. And there's something for us to do as we wait. That, that, that's the truth, okay? So, so how do we apply the truth of this song? How do we apply the truth of this song to our life? Okay, and here it is. Step number one is, first and foremost, we have to be uh, restored by God. We have to be restored by God. If you're listening to my voice and, and you're one of those people that, that maybe, um, like, like many of the, the Israelites, they, they knew that a time of restoration was coming. Jeremiah had, had said, hey, God's going to show up in 70 years and you're going to be set free. They knew it, but they hadn't believed it. They hadn't, they hadn't received it. When it happened, man, they're, they're overwhelmed. And, and so many people uh, that I know have heard the basics of the Bible. Uh, they, they, they know that the Bible teaches that there's a God that made everything that they see and they don't see. They know that the Bible says uh, that, that God sent his one and only son named Jesus to, to come to earth and that he lived the life that we couldn't. He died in their place. They, they know these things. They have this knowledge. They know that the Bible says that if they'll believe in Jesus, that they can receive eternal life and become children of God. They've heard these things, but they've never accepted these things. And so the very first thing I want to tell you is like, listen, you need to be restored. You need to be. Jesus came to set us free. He, he came so that we didn't have to be captive to sin. Which, by the way, if you're captive to sin and you die as a captive, you stay that way forever. Right? You stay that way forever. But Jesus came to break the bonds of sin, which is death, so that we could have the very life of God. And so the first thing I would tell you you could do where you are is cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I don't exactly know how to do this, but I just want to say I believe in you and I want you to come into my life and, and I want you just to take control. I heard someone say it this way this week, Jesus, be the boss of me, right? That's the most simple way. Jesus, I believe in you. I want you to come into my life. I want you to take control. Please do that now. And, and listen, if, if, if that's you and you're at home this morning, what we want to do is, as a staff, we just want to follow up with you. And so maybe you don't have any kind of church allegiance. Maybe you're not even in Texas, not anywhere near where we are, but you're watching this video. I, I just want you, in the comments section, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, I just want you to type in, Lord, save me. That's it. Just, Lord, save me. And here's what we're going to do. One of our staff members is going to follow up 
up with you this week. That's what we're going to do. And, and so we'll, we'll send you a message or we'll try to get a hold of you. Uh, and, and so listen, if you're on YouTube, you might have to drop us or shoot us an email so we know who you are. Um, but listen, if you're on Facebook, we'll, we'll do our best to hunt you down. But, but if that's you and you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, I want you to know, that's all you have to write. You can even write, save me in the comment section. And we will reach out to you to make sure that we can share this gospel, that you understand it, that you know what you're getting into. So that's step one, okay? Step two, uh, when that happens, man, uh, and for those that it has happened, we rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice. And how do we rejoice, man? We, we laugh and we shout and we dance and we worship. And, and, and we do that because of the great things that God has done. Listen, even the surrounding nations go, look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. And sometimes, Christians, we have to remember that we were in captivity. Sometimes we have to remember that we were slaves. Sometimes we have to remember that we were dead. Sometimes we have to remember that we didn't have a choice because what has happened is we've lost our joy. We've returned back to where, 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 where life is supposed to happen and we realize everything's not new. And so sometimes we lose the joy. And listen, you can't ever forget what God has already done even if you're praying for what he's going to do, all right? You can't forget what God has already done, even when you're asking for what he's going to do. And so we have to continue to rejoice and praise God. And I just want to encourage you in that this morning. If you have lost your song through this pandemic, if you have lost your song through what our nation is facing, if you have lost your song along the way, I want you to go back and remember that one time you were a slave to sin and you were dead to the things of God. But in Christ, you've been brought near, you've been raised up, you've been named a child, and now you're an heir of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is coming. And so I want you to remember to rejoice, okay? So that's the second thing. The third thing I want to challenge you to do this morning is, is this. I want you to realize... We still have a long way to go. Okay? Don't be one of those believers that is so troubled that they begin to give up. That they, 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 they begin to forget that, that I've only received this in part, but one day I'm going to receive it in full. Right? We have to remember that. And so I want to challenge you. Don't let your heart be troubled. The, the Word of God says that time and time again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled by the fact that your life isn't all perfect right now. Don't, don't even let your heart be troubled. Like, listen, we still got loved one in captivity. We pray for them. God, I'm praying for the restoration. I'm trusting you to do it. I know I can't do it. I know I can't force it, but I am trusting you to do it, God. And so we're, we're just going to pray. That's what we're going to do. Father, please work. God, we're asking you to continue to provide restoration, restore us, O oh Lord, right? Restore our fortunes, which brings me to the last thing, guys, is we have to pray, we have to work, and we have to wait for the Lord, okay? All three of those together. I'm not just going to wait for the Lord and do nothing, okay? I'm not just going to work and not wait. I'm not just going to work and not pray. I'm not going to pray and do nothing else. I'm going to do all three of these. I'm, I'm going to say, God, restore our fortunes. God, I, I mean, the Lord's prayer, right? We, we, we're praying, Father, okay? Like, we want your will in heaven to be done here on earth. Saying, restore the kingdom. Bring the kingdom back, Lord. And so we, we pray, we also work, and we have a job to do. And that job is to go out and to share the gospel. And the God, job is to go out and to be witnesses. And the job is to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And that, that's the job, right? To be doers of the word of God, not just hearers, which, which man, boy, can we expound upon that. A, a lot of the problems that America is facing right now, I, I believe wholeheartedly, uh, can, can, can be 
taken back on the church because the church of God, uh, we do not do the word of God like, like we should. We don't love the way that we should. Right? We, we try to find something that supports our own thought, our own belief, and we try to use that as a statement. Listen, that's, that's not what we're called to do. So we've got to do all three of these things. Pray, work, and wait for the Lord. I'm going to wrap up, and I just want to say this. Uh, I think this whole message applies to where our country is right now. We look at the problems with racism in America, and it's 2020, and, and, and many of you uh, watching this, you're, you're my age, maybe a, a little older, maybe a little younger, and you're going, I, I thought we had all of this taken care of. I, I, I thought all of this had already been settled. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, man, God has a way of painting pictures that we really need to understand. There's been some restoration, right? There, there was some freedom, okay? But all is not right. Don't be one of those believers that thinks that everything was settled with Martin Luther King. Everything was done. I mean, it's all over. No, it's not all over, friends. It's not. And some of the systematic problems we have in our country, we need to realize everything's not great. It's just not. It may be great for you, but you can't let your experience define what everybody else's life is like. Like some people, we have to understand, their lives are still in shambles. And if you take a close look, you'll see that your life is too. And so, so there's been restoration, but it's not complete. And what do we need to do? We need to pray for further restoration. And, and church, I think this is where we come in. Listen, this, this problem, we know that our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's the spirits and the principalities of this dark world. And I, I'm just telling you, there is evil and vileness that is from the devil in, in, in racism and in the fact that so many people are blinded to it. And, and we need to pray, God, would you open our eyes that we might see the spiritual battle that's going on? So we begin to pray. And what do we pray for? We pray for restoration. God, restore your kingdom as it is in heaven. We want it to be done here and earth. And then what's that last part of the message that we just talked about? As we pray, we have to work. In church, I'm just going to tell you, believers, I'm going to tell you, we have work to do. And part of that work is in loving our brothers well. Uh, second greatest commandment is, is to love your neighbor as you would love yourself. And the problem is many of us don't even know our neighbors. This week I've been so encouraged to hear uh, some of my white brothers and sisters having uncomfortable conversations. I want to tell you that they're going to be uncomfortable. But that's what it takes to get to know somebody. I remember, um, you know, Hope and I, we, we were friends long before we ever, ever dated. But, but when you're, even when you're getting to know a friend, you, you ask questions and you talk. And, and some of those things, it can be a little awkward almost. And, and, and listen, uh, if, if you're listening to my voice and, and you're a white middle-aged believer or, or a little over middle-aged believer, like you may not understand some of the things that your brothers and sisters of color are going through in America. But you need to ask. You need to be willing to listen. And, and, and church, listen, un, until we're willing to put in that work to say, hey, hey, I love you. I want to hear from you. And, and then this is the, the kicker, ready? And how can I help you? How can I help you? Our, our nation's not going to get better. Our world's not going to get better. And, and listen, that change, it needs to start with believers in the church. And so I would just challenge you. Listen, I, I love you. Um, man, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm not going to try to just deride you on social media. I'm not going to do that thing uh, there. But I am going to say to you, if you're one of those people that has a tendency to post things on social media that just back up the way that you feel about life, and you haven't actually reached out to somebody uh, of color more than one and asked, hey, man, can I ask, how, how, how are you? 
how is, how, how is all this affecting you? Can you tell me, what, what, how, how hard is it to be a black person in America? If you're not willing to have those conversations, then you probably don't need to post things that, that would, would, you know, talk about things like that. And, and so I just want to encourage you, we can do better, church. We can do better. And, and, and one of the ways that we can do better is realize that everything's not right. It's not. And so we pray, God, uh, God, we pray this morning for your continued restoration. Lord, I pray um, for my brothers and sisters, all skin colors. Lord, I, I pray that we would realize that you sent your son Jesus, and, and by the way, for, for my white brothers and sisters, that his skin was much darker than ours, and that he lived the perfect life that we couldn't, and he died on the cross, the death that we deserved, so that all people, so that all people could become children of God, because we were all created in your image. And so God, we need to find value in that again. We need to turn to you for answers, and, and God, we need to pray for continued restoration. Lord, you've set so many free from captivity, but Lord, there is still captivity that remains. We need to see it. We need to call it out. God, we need to work for that justice, but we need to do all things in love, understanding the most important thing we can do is share the gospel, but Lord, the gospel without love won't be received. So God, help us to do all those things and do those things well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen.